Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. If you are a guest this morning, a special welcome to you. If you have made your way back to Ebenezer after not being here for a while, a special welcome to you. For those watching online as well, and of course, for those that normally come, we're, we're glad that you're here. Uh, this is an exciting Sunday for us for a couple of reasons, and one of the reasons is that we're, our facility is being used kind of at full capacity right now. So right now, as we're meeting here as Ebenezer Baptist Church, we have the Arab Church meeting over in the meeting room. And we have the Nepali church meeting over in our new chapel. And this is the first Sunday for our Nepali church to be here. So that's really exciting. And so uh, the idea behind this, that's one of the reasons why we we added the the, the building um, additions. It's so that we can serve them. And so some of of their teens are with us here today. Their kids are going to be moving to the kids' ministry as well. So it's an exciting time. So it's good. It, it It feels like we're kind of moving back to something that's a little bit more normal uh, every Sunday as we see more faces here. So for those who don't know me, my name is Leighton Erickson. I serve as the lead pastor here. And last week, we began a new sermon series on hearing God's voice by answering the question, does God still speak today? And so for those who missed that teaching or are new to us, let me give you a five-word summary of that sermon. And for those of you that were here last week and heard the 40-minute version of that, you're wondering, where was the five-word sermon then? Okay, but here's what it is. Yes, God still speaks today. In fact, Hearing God's voice is one of the the most foundational practices of the Christian life, and it's really a believer's birthright. Now, last week I gave you three reasons why we need to hear God's voice, and I want to review them because we're going to build on them this morning. So here's the first reason I gave. We need to hear from God to understand the Bible. Uh, We know from Scripture that we can't and, and won't fully understand Scripture apart from the Holy Spirit because the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture for us which means that that the Holy Spirit opens up our eyes and explains things and reveals truth to us so that we can understand Scripture more fully. The second reason we said that we need to hear God's voice is because God still speaks today. In other words, God is still speaking personally to us as his children. Now, the personal word, which we said was the rhema word, a rhema word, will not contradict what he's already said in his logos or written word. And nor is it going to be a new revelation. So what I wasn't saying last week was that it's okay to have a new revelation from God that's going to add to things like some cult groups do. This is more of a personal word to us that adds to what we already know about who God is. Because the truth is, is that God is going to at times prompt us or nudge us or impress upon us or whisper to us a personal word that's going to either encourage us or possibly challenge us or direct us in our life and our actions. Okay, the third thing that we said last week is that we need to hear God because he actually expects us to know his voice so we can follow him. And one of the reasons that we need to recognize and know the true and good shepherd's voice is, is so that we are following the right person, the right shepherd, and not someone else. Because there are other false shepherds 
who are trying to have their voice loud in our ears and deceive us so that we actually follow them. And remember what, what the Bible says in that passage is that there is an enemy, there is an adversary, and their mission is to deceive us and, and make us listen to their voice and follow them, but they just want to steal and kill and destroy us. That's what it says. Now, as we continue in our Hearing God series, we're going to look at three more reasons why we need to hear God's voice this morning. And because I have a full service this morning, a full sermon, I'm going to just dive right in, okay? So buckle up, and if you have your notepads out, it's good to take some notes on some of this because there are some good things in here. Okay, so uh, either fourth, if you're going to continue on from last week, or if we just kind of reset the list, first of all, uh, we, we need to hear God's voice because he is the king. Now, the scripture declares to us that the God of heaven is the eternal king, that he's the, the king of glory, that he's the king of heaven. It says that he's the Lord of kings and the God over all the kingdoms of the earth. And in the scriptures, his kingdom is referred to most often as the kingdom of God or sometimes in some versions, the kingdom of heaven. And that kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And it encompasses the entire universe, everything in it. And it's a kingdom that's characterized by God's will. And it's characterized by God's character and by God's ways and by God's word. It's a kingdom that, by the way, has its own distinct values. It has its own unique purposes. It has its own laws. It has its own mission and even its own citizens. And in the kingdom of God, Jesus is the ruler and he's the king. And those that submit to his lordship become citizens of this kingdom. Now, as king, you need to know that Jesus is sovereign, which means that, that he is the one who reigns and rules, and he has supreme authority over all things. As king, he is concerned with his kingdom and, and for its mission. So that means that, that he wants to protect it. He wants to expand it. He sometimes wants to order it as he see fits, which means that he has the right to tell us as his subjects what we need to be doing inside that kingdom. And God wants us to submit to him as our king. Now, the reason I'm beginning here is because although Jesus is the king of the universe, and even though the scripture says that Jesus is Lord, and even though the scripture tells us that every, one day every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, he is not our king, and he is not our Lord today unless we submit to him and his words and ways. Which is why Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? You see, even though he was Lord and he is Lord, people were not letting him be Lord in their lives. You see, our obedience to God demonstrates his lordship in our lives. And we can't really obey him, nor can we submit to him unless we actually hear his voice. And so because Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, we need to hear the voice of God so that he can function as our Lord and King. Now, let me just pause there for a second. Let me just ask you a question for you to think about. When was the last time that you uh, asked King Jesus 
the one who is the king and lord of your life, to give you some marching orders. And by that I mean, uh, when was the last time you prayed a prayer? Maybe a prayer that sounded something like this. You know, God, I know you're king. I know you desire to expand and grow your kingdom. I know that you want your will to be done on earth just as it's being done in heaven right now. So, where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to see today? Who do you want me to speak to today? Who do you want me to pray for? Is there part of my life that you want me to adjust so that I can align with your ways and your mission? Is there a sin I need to confess so that you can use me in your mission? Is there someone that I need to encourage today? Is there someone I need to confront? Is there someone I need to come alongside and protect and support and reinforce in their walk? The reason we need to hear from God is that he will truly function as our Lord and King and Commander and Master. You see, when, when God speaks to us and we hear his voice clearly, and when he calls us into action, it moves us out of this theoretical faith where God is our King, and it places us into this position of, of uh, obedience where we have to respond to him. You know, when we listen to his voice and submit to him as Lord, we are really, we're laying down our lives and our will for his. And we're setting aside our plans for his plans. That's what it means for us to have Jesus as Lord. And our obedience ultimately proves that Jesus is our Lord. And so we need to hear and obey God's voice so that he can function as our Lord and King. Now, there are actually many passages of Scripture that, that talk about this very thing, how people in the Bible laid down their lives and their ways and their wishes for the, the king's marching orders and command. Whether it was, uh, for example, King David, he often inquired of the Lord to know what to do. And whether that was deciding whether or not to, to tackle uh, and engage a giant in battle who was, who was calling out their God, or whether it was inquiring before the, uh, before the Lord, before they went into battle with their army, he always listened and he obeyed the Lord because he relied on God's direction in his life. In the New Testament, we see the apostles relying on God's direction as well to know which way to go. Paul listened for, for and obeyed the Lord's instructions when it came to advancing the kingdom. For example, I just threw up one passage here of many that I could have, I could have displayed, but Acts 16. And it talks about a time when, when Paul and his companions are traveling. And it says that uh, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching through the, uh, the word in the province of Asia. And then they came to the border of uh, Mysia and they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit would not allow them to, to go. And so I don't know exactly what the Spirit was doing there or how he was saying, but it was clear to Paul and the people in the missionary journey that they were not supposed to go where he wanted to go. And so it says they passed by that town and went on to Troas. And then look at verse 9. It says that, that during the night, Paul had a vision. And again, we're not told what that vision fully is or how it came about. But something happened where, where in his mind, he clearly heard from the Lord. And God spoke to him. And it was a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come to Macedonia and help. 
And notice what it says. After Paul had seen the vision, it says that we as a group got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, in that moment, God had held them off from certain things and opened the door for another thing. Now, was there anything intrinsically wrong with going to minister in Asia and, and Bithynia? Of course not. Uh, there are people in those places that needed to hear the gospel message. However, what it seems to say is, is that God had uh, prepared the hearts of people in Macedonia to hear and receive his word. And it was a wide open door that God wanted Paul to walk through. Now, this past week, I had breakfast with a fellow named Claire Zakowski. Uh, how many people know Claire here? So just, just a few of you. So lots of you don't. So, so Claire is, is uh, 65, 66 years old or so. And uh, he is taking his 10th trip. In fact, he left this morning, his 10th trip to, to Africa on, on mission. And over there, uh, here he's just a, he's a crop adjuster. And, and in Africa he's, Africa, he's a super evangelist. Like literally, like thousands of people are coming to know God because of his ministry. And um, I said to him, uh, when I met with him for breakfast, I said, Claire, um, how are you feeling about going during the pandemic? Like you're, you're an older guy, it's, it's, there's lots of things happening. You got some health concerns. How do you feel about going that? And I'm not sure how that exactly to take this, but, but he laughed at my face, right? And he just said, he said, you know what, Leighton? God has called me to this place, and he's opened doors, and I need to obey God first. And then he added, uh, my obedience is more important than my safety. And, and if I happen to die when I go over there, and he's talked to his wife about that, uh, at least I died being obedient to what God had called me to. Now, the truth is, is that, that Claire's obedience began many years ago. And, and God has used him in many ways to bring the good news to many, many people. Now, here's the thing about hearing um, God's voice as king. Uh, when we hear God's voice as, as king, it usually directs us to the king's concerns, to focusing on accomplishing God's uh, unfolding plan on earth. Uh, when we listen to the voice of the king, we're directed towards the king's matters so that we as people would be servants to bear spiritual fruit as he sees fit and what he's doing. But God does not just speak to us as king. Although, to be honest, uh, some from my vintage, that's what we know best. Right? Now, for, for the oldies here, do you remember the hymns we used to sing? You know, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war you know, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Or another one was, rise up, O church of God, have done with lesser things, give your heart and mind and soul and strength. In other words, like give everything you have to serve the king of kings. But God also speaks to us, not just as a king, but he speaks to us as a father. And it's his voice as father that helps us have a growing and intimate relationship with him. You see, God does want to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with us as a father. And he wants us to know him as a father. John 17, 3 puts it this way. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So why do we need to hear from God? Because he is our father. Now, 
I know that our faith is not supposed to be about feelings, right? We, we can't, actually can't live our faith that way because we can't even trust our own feelings. But having said that, there's great comfort when we actually feel his presence in our life. I, I like that one second song that we sang. It was new to me. But when I'm, you know, talk about when I'm surrounded, I'm actually God surrounding me. Like that, that presence is a powerful thing. And it's very powerful to realize that we are not just God's subjects and soldiers and servants. We're his children. We're his sons and daughters. And there needs to be a balance in our lives between God as king, where we submit to his reign and rule, and God our Father where we experience and know and have confidence that he loves us. You see, when when God speaks to us as king, he has his kingdom in mind. But when God speaks to us as father, he has you in mind. And he has me in mind. And that's a huge difference. You know, I don't know about you, but it's, it's always amazing to me to realize that the God who created the universe wants to have a relationship with mankind. But he absolutely does. He called Abraham, and he called Moses, and he called his disciples his friends. They were friends of God. But he even invites us into a, a deeper, more intimate relationship than friendship. He calls us his sons and daughters. He adopts us, as it says in Romans 8 and Ephesians 1, he adopts us into his family, and he calls us his children. And he even taught us, as his followers, to pray when we pray, our Father who's in heaven. Now, if you could just imagine for me, just for a second, uh, being in a relationship with someone that never spoke to you. Okay, just imagine this. So, you initiate a conversation, and they say nothing in return. Sounds like parents and teens, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Uh, you, you phone them, but they never say a word on the other end of the line. You text them, and they never, ever respond. Now, that relationship would be untenable because it's impossible to have a true relationship without communication. Now, let me, let me ask you another question. Do you think God, our Father, the one who desires to have a personal relationship, the one that went to great lengths for that to happen by sending his son down to earth, Jesus emptying himself from his godly powers to be a man so he could relate to us and so he could have a close relationship with us. Do you think that this God is going to be silent in, our, in his relationship with us? I don't think so. You see, without, without communication, there is no relationship, at least not a good one. But again, just think about our earthly relationships and especially what a lot of people experience with their earthly fathers. What are some of the common complaints? Well, my dad is distant. My dad is, is not available. He doesn't communicate well. But, but I just want to say that the God is our good father. And he's our perfect father. And so if you've had a bad father in life, that's not the image you want to have for God the Father. He's a good father. And he's a perfect father 
and he is not distant, and he is not silent, and he wants to speak with us. You know, just listen. Just listen to some of the ways the Bible describes this father so that we can trust him. I put them up on the screen for you to see, but it says that he knows everything about us, Psalm 139. That he loves us when we're at our worst. That he calls us by name. That his love is without condition and ending. That, he, that he's affectionate toward us and he lavishes. He just pours out his love on us. He says that he's attentive to us and he cares for us. That he's with us. That he won't leave us or abandon us. That he knows our needs and he provides for us. That he's compassionate and a comforter. You know, we need to listen to God's voice, this good God, as our Father. And we need to embrace his fatherly love and, and, and concern for us so that he can become our Father in a very real and personal way. Because he won't be able to function as our Father unless we listen to his wise and loving and protective voice. So the question is then, how does God the Father speak to his children? What, what does his voice sound like in our ears? Well, I, there's many ways his voice sounds in our ears as God the Father, but let me just give you four just as a, as a taste of, of what, who God is. So um, as a loving father, he often speaks words of assurance into our lives. You know, for example, and you don't have to put up your hands, but how many people have had struggles with, with fears and doubts in their lives? You know, probably all of us at some point. And over the years, I've spoken to many people who have struggled in this area. And they would say things like this to me. You know, I'm not sure that God has really forgiven me for the things that I've done. Or they would say, I'm not sure if God really loves me because of who I am. Or I'm not sure that, that I really belong to him because there's been some doubts in whether or not they're even a child of God. They're doubting their salvation. But listen to what Romans 8 says. He says that the Spirit himself, okay, the Holy Spirit of God, testifies or, or he speaks, he communicates, affirms in some way to our spirit that we're God's children. So even wired into the pages of Scripture, God's promising that he's going to affirm us as his children. Now, my moments of doubt have not been around my salvation or God's forgiveness. It's more been around my, my calling as, as a pastor, especially early on in my ministry. I remember uh, in the early ministry, my early ministry, I would often struggle with, you know, God, did you really call me to be a pastor? Or did I just mishear you? Or even as, as the church, and we launched some new things, like even some of our partner congregation, congregations, God, did you really lead us here, or am I mishearing you? Like, is there, there's all sorts of doubts inside there. And I can tell you of, of many occasions, right in the midst of my doubts and uncertainty, that, that God, my Father, spoke a clear word in my life that, that um, ministered at a deep soul level inside of me. And again, some of you understand what, I, what I'm talking about when I say that. And either that was through the reading of his word and a verse just jumped off the page that God just says, this one's for you. Just take it to heart. 
And uh, I was actually talking to one of our staff members, and they said one of the verses that, that has been a life verse to, for them is John 10.10 about finding abundance, uh, abundant life in God. And it's just a verse that's been deeply embedded in, inside their life. Sometimes it's been through a timely, affirming word from other people. At one point in my life, and I've shared this story a bit before, I, I, I was convinced that this is not my calling, and so I was going to resign. And God brought th three supernatural events within a week period into my life, and I'm talking supernatural, where my wife said to me, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, God's hand is on you and his calling. And so I love the fact that we have a God that, that knows who we are, and he affirms us with what we need. What you need might not be what someone else needs, right? Everyone has their own fears and doubts, but God can affirm you in that. Second is a loving Father who knows us and what we need. There are times he will speak words of comfort to us. We all experience pain and brokenness, and it's during these times that God comes and he speaks words of, of healing. He speaks words of hope over us. 2 Corinthians 1 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles. Now I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've come alongside people who are in deep grief because of personal loss. And, and I've heard words like this. Maybe you've heard them too. They say, Pastor, I've just really felt God's presence during this time in a way I've never felt before. That's, that's God comforting us. Or, Pastor, I've experienced a peace that I did not think was possible. I've also heard people share remarkable stories of how God spoke to them and ministered to them in their immense grief. A good friend of mine lost his parents in a car accident. And in tears, he told me the story of how he and each of his siblings had an had a out-of-the-ordinary, unique, so every person had their own encounter, special moment with their parents just days before the accident. And it brought great comfort. They didn't know this, but as they got together for the funeral and they shared their stories, it brought great comfort to them knowing that, that God, knowing the grief that was going to come their way, had cared for them and prepared for them and given them a memory that they could cling to after losing both parents. Because God speaks words of comfort to us. Third, as our loving Father, there are times when God will speak words of counsel to us to show us the way to go. And is this not what fathers do, right? right? So I have, I'm the father of three sons, and, you know, Questions about career path, maybe dad. Car problems, definitely dad. You know, investments, uh, usually dad. Girlfriends, boyfriends, sometimes dad, right? right? So, so those are the things that, that come our way, but, but that's, that's what fathers do. We, we give advice. We give godly advice, and they trust us because we've learned in our own lives through lots of experiences on our own. Look at Psalm 16, 7, what it says. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I love the language here because it's saying that, that there's something that God is speaking and communicating to, to my spirit, my heart, that I don't even fully understand while I'm sleeping where he's counseling me and giving me advice. And this is a truth the Bible declares over and over again. 
James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without fault, and it will be given to you. Again, I, I can't tell you how often I have run to my Heavenly Father because I needed wisdom and advice. And, and for me, I, I think maybe, maybe the, 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 the more you realize how little you know, the quicker you are to go to the Father and ask for things unashamedly, right? That, that's me. And uh, I remember, like, like honestly, uh, I, I talk uh, when, when people have come to, to be prayed for, like we used to have the, the open altar up here for prayer. As people were walking forward, I'm quickly praying in my spirit, God, show me what you want me to pray for in their life. Or as people come to my office and they start um, pouring out what's happening in, in their lives, I'm, I'm quietly praying frantically, like, God, I need wisdom to have insight into this situation. Please give it to me. You know, help me to come up with a Bible verse. That, and it's amazing how many times just like, pff, it's right there and, and God just speaks to us. I ask for, for wisdom on how to prepare our sermons here. I ask for, for wisdom on small things and big things and personal things in church things. This is what we do. And in fact, if there ever was a time, as I said last week, for us to come, to come together and to corporately seek God and say, God the King and God the Father, we need your wisdom right now. It, it's right now in this generation to know how to respond to all that's happening around us. Fourth, our loving Father, as our loving Father, there are times when God will speak to us in order to protect us. In the Bible, we read of times where God warned people of the unseen danger approaching. You know, Matthew 2, I think it's up on the screen, 13 and 14, is a story of, of Joseph who had a dream at night. And it was, a, again, a very clear dream. And, it's, and it just was, get up and take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Now, you, can you imagine if Joseph didn't believe that his God the Father didn't speak? Can you imagine if he thought, oh, that's just, that's just my inner voice talking? Like God speaks to us, and he wants to warn us and protect us. And for some of you, those warnings have been to stay out of unhealthy relationships that you, or get out of unhealthy relationships, or maybe leaving a toxic friendship, or maybe changing jobs or not going into a job. Maybe God has spoken to you about something unhealthy in your life, whether that's physical or whether that's in the spiritual realm where no one else knows what's happening, but there's, there's, there's a sin that's, that's stirring, it's festering inside of you. And God is saying, I need to warn you that if you keep on going down this path, it's going to destroy you and a lot of other people. Because God cares about us, and he wants to protect us. You know, for me, as I was thinking about this, I'm, I'm sure there are stories, but there have been several times when, when people have come into my life and even into this church here. And in the initial meeting with them, something in my spirit said, watch out. This is, they're not all who they say that they are. And on almost every occasion, that, that spiritual voice that came to me was accurate. Right now, you understand these things because God, God warns you about these things. I've heard of people getting off planes or not going on trips and finding out later that a plane went down and there was an accident because God had forewarned them. So God loves us to do that. Okay, now let me just let you know where we've been. We need to hear God because he's the king. 
and will never truly function, and he will never truly function as our King and Lord unless we hear and obey his voice. We need to hear from God because he is our Father. And as our good Father and perfect Father, he wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And then third and finally, we need to hear from God because he is our life. And Jesus teaches that to truly be alive, we need to be connected to him because he is the source of life. And I'm going to look at, at, this, at this statement in two ways. The first way is going to be still short, but a little bit longer than the last one. The last one's more of a statement, okay, of how we can look at how God is our life. So look at John 14 with me, or 15 with me. It says, uh, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And, and by the way, when, when a branch bears fruit, it, is, it has life in it, right? But if a branch doesn't bear fruit, it's lacking life. It says, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, the Bible tells us that, that Jesus is both the, the author of life and, the, and he's the sustainer of life. And we're actually created to get our life by drawing on God. You know, just the same way a, a plant needs light and water in order to flourish, human beings need to draw on God. That's how we're created. That's how God created us. So then, what is the spiritual food that we need to help us grow? Well, it's, it's a connection to the vine through the Logos, or his written word, and it's a connection to the vine through his rhema, or personal word, to us. Now, Matthew chapter 4 is a story of Jesus going out into the wilderness before he started his public ministry. And it says that he went out and he, he fasted for 40 days and nights, and he was hungry. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, 40 minutes and, and, you know, and 40 seconds of fasting is enough to make me a little bit angry, right? Uh, and then at that point, in that weakened state, it says the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And then Jesus' words back to him said, uh, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of, of God. Now, by the way, the term on every word, the Greek word there is the rhema word, which means it's the personal word, not the logos or written word. Now, what did Jesus mean when he, when he said this? Well, you know, was there a, a, a commandment in the Old Testament that says we shall not turn uh, stones into bread? No. Was it immoral to turn stones into bread? No. But what's happening here is Jesus is reminding his adversary, the enemy, the devil, that there's more to life than just food. You know, sure, Jesus was hungry. That's always the byproduct of fasting. But Jesus is remind, reminding him that we are not simply physical beings. You know, food is essential for our bodies to function properly. But hearing God, every word that proceeds from the mouth of God is essential for our spirits to function properly. And God says that, that we're supposed to feed on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hebrews 1.3 adds this. It says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, 
sustaining all things by his powerful word. Again, that word is rhema, a personal word to us, not the Logos word. And Jesus sustains us through his individual word to us. Now, it's not that God's word, Logos, is not important because it's essential. In fact, we're going to speak about that next week, Pastor Kel is. But God is just reminding us that hearing God is important too. And along with the Bible, it is the way that God feeds us and sustains us so that we can live the lives that he wants us to live. Because we're designed to, for our souls to be nourished by, by him. So what about you? Has there ever been a time when God came to you and spoke a word of encouragement directly to you just to sustain you? Have you ever had God speak a word of encouragement to you to help you get through a time of crisis? You know, even think about this pandemic. If it's taught us anything, it's that we can't take anything for granted. Everything we have, everything we are can be taken from us in a second. But every day is a gift provided by the one who sustains us in life. And the funny thing is, is, is that we often try to feed our soul with the things the world has to offer. Right? Not just physical food, but, but our jobs or our education or our relationships or whatever that happens to be to feed our souls. And God just says, you know what? Your soul will never be fed except by the words that proceed from my mouth. I invite the worship team to come up and just one final scripture, and this is the very short one I was going to talk about. Not only is, is life coming as in connected to the vine, but there's also another way that we define life, and that is how do we live out our lives practically? And what Jesus is also saying is that you need to hear my words and obey my words, because in me is, is life. It says, and remember the context. I'm going to read the, the verse in John 10.10. 10. The context of this passage is hearing God's voice. It's about my sheep listening to my voice, and, and they know me, and I know them, and they follow me. And this is what it says in John 10.10. 10. I have come that you might have life. That is, life today in the present, life in your relationships, life in your work, life in your family, life in your marriage. I have come that you might have life and have it to the full, or the ESV puts it, have it abundantly, or the New Living Translation puts it, a rich and satisfying life, or I like how the message puts it, that you might have real and eternal life, more and better than you ever dreamed possible. Right? That's what it is there. And what I think is that sometimes in this world we've been deceived to thinking that, that the ways of God and listening to God actually don't bring life. And so we chase after everything else. And maybe some of you here, especially those of those, I was going to say those of us who are younger, but those of you who are younger, um, we, we are, are buying what the world is offering and, and the world's saying, it's in the world that there's life. In your faith, there's just nothing. That's not what God says. And so if you want true life, it's found in knowing and listening to the words of God. We need to hear God's voice because he's the king, because he's our father, and because he is life. Let me pray. So God, thank you for 
our church. And I pray that you would take um, the words you want us to hear and you would impress them deeply on our hearts today and help us to have a desire to, to hear your voice and that you would help us to understand our marching orders because you're our king. You would help us understand your love because you're our father. And you would help us understand that in you is life. So guide us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you and thanks for listening.